think of it this way. If you worked for a company and the the person at the top said, I really don't want to have to look at you if I don't have to. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to have to spend time connecting with you. What would that say to you? everybody. Today in the den, I am joined by a very special guest. And I have to admit, I stole this guest right away from Lance Bachman. Yes, I did. And you'll thank me once you learn why. Today in the den, I am joined with Dr. Laura Sicola. Dr. Laura Sicola is the author of Speaking to Influence, Mastering Your Leadership Voice. For the past 20 years, she's been talking and coaching and training on topics such as leadership communication, coaching, influencing, and so much more. I also just found out I through the research that she has a TED Talk that has over 600 million views. So I would wager to guess that she probably knows a little bit about what she's talking about. So Dr. Laura, let me turn that over to you. And can you tell our audience a little bit more about yourself and why so many people are interested in what you have to say? Thanks so much, CJ, for having me on the show. One correction, it's six and a half million views. I would love it to be 600 million views. That's aspirational. We will get there one day as soon as, because that's about the size of your audience. So as long as everybody who hears this uh, this interview goes and watches the TED Talk, we'll be there. So thanks in advance for that little uh, You know what, <laughs> typos, plug. They, they happen. So sorry about that. Yeah. But hey, I'm dreaming with you. I'm going to call it a prediction on the future. So we're going to stick with it. Um, but thank you again for, for the opportunity to come and talk with you and with your guests. Um, as you mentioned, I am a leadership communication and influence coach. And my focus is really just about the fact that so many leaders out there are frustrated because you know you're a genius. The world would be a better place if people just listened to you and did what you told them to do. But we don't tend to have that effect all the time, right? We're often... Uh, frustrated because our ideas get ignored, we our voices aren't heard, or they don't land the way we intend them to be, because we just aren't always great at being able to communicate our ideas in a way that's going to get through to the audience in a way that they can hear what we have to say. And you know, maybe it's you get stuck in the expert's curse. You're a financial wizard, you're an IT wizard, you're a health genius, whatever it happens to be, but you can't translate that expertise in a way that makes sense to mere mortals. You get lost in the weeds, too much technical mumbo jumbo and details, et cetera. Or maybe you lack executive presence. You lack confidence in your voice or you get intimidated by a particular audience or you kind of flatline when you're talking and you know what you're talking about, but your words don't speak for themselves. You lack the, the charisma to make people take notice. Or maybe you're just a hot mess on video. I know an awful lot of people who are great in person, but then they wish they could come here on Zoom and rename themselves on the bottom, delete their name and put in a disclaimer that says, I just want you to know, if you met me in person, you'd be impressed. Just <laughs> you know, want to put that out there. <laughs> that doesn't fly. Maybe a year and a half ago, that you know, would have been excusable. But nowadays, this is where everyone knows you. It is their first impression. And for many, it's their last and lasting impression. So whether you're in one-on-one uh, -on -one conversations or one to a thousand, you have to be able to really get through to them and help them see who you are, what you know, and how you can help them. And so that's really my goal is to help leaders be able to take the genius in their brains and articulate it in a way that they never get ignored again and get to yes more often. Yeah. And I think this resonates so much with me because in, uh, in September of 2021, I took over as CEO here at One SEO. I love that interview very... between you guys. That was terrific. <laughs> Thank you. It was it was very exciting, but there was also pieces of it 
that, you know, kind of made me think, hey, listen, I know some of the milestones and things that I had to overcome on my way up, you know, to the role that I'm in now. So you talk a lot about the three C's of vocal executive presence. Can you tell us a little bit more about those? I'll let you name them and kind of go through them. Absolutely. So the three C's for me are the ability to, number one, command the room, number two, connect with the audience, and number three, close the deal. And commanding the room is that ability to capture someone's attention and hold it, keep it, whether it's about your voice, about your word choices, your stories, your physical body language, the way that you show up here on camera, et cetera. It's that initial and uh, ongoing ability to keep them focused on you, ideally in the good way. Then the connecting with the audience is being able to establish a connection where there's a mutual understanding, where the audience feels like they understand you and you understand them. And I, I use the word audience very broadly. And audience is whoever you're talking to. Here, it can, it's you individually, CJ, but it's also everybody else out there who's listening. And if we were in a one-on-one, you're still my audience. It doesn't have to be on a stage or on screen or something. So wh- how do we establish that feeling of mutual understanding and familiarity and trust? And then the third C is close the deal. And that doesn't necessarily, that, that's not transactional per se. It doesn't necessarily have to mean signing on the dotted line and exchanging money or goods or services or something. It just means moving the needle forward. It means coming to an agreement to say, what's our next step? Even if that next step is, you know what? We need to take a break for a little while and resume in an hour or a day or a week. That's okay. You've come to a mutual recognition, mutual understanding. You've closed that deal. How do you get to the next yes? Those are the three. And when you can do all those, you have no idea how much the world opens up to you. Now, for our longtime listeners and our marketing people that are tuning in, I just want to make a, a really unique correlation here. Um, you and your three C's are very much aligned with in the marketing world what we call that full funnel approach, right? Mm-hmm. So, the first, when you talk about commanding your room, you need to get attention. When someone is starting at the top of the funnel in their marketing, that's exactly what they are doing. They're casting a wide net and they're, you know, commanding the attention of people that could potentially be interested in what they have to say. Then as you get to the middle of the funnel, just like connecting with the audience, you need to do something that makes that audience know that, hey, you got my attention and now I want to hear what you have to say. I want to listen to you. You're telling me something that I need to know. And then closing the deal, like you said, it could be uh, purchasing a product. It could be filling out a form or whatever the case may be. And in your case, it's just making sure that you're able to move the needle, take whatever that next step forward is, get out in front of that larger audience, go through that presentation, feeling comfortable and confident. So I thought it was really unique because a lot of times people don't necessarily make the correlation when it comes to, you know, influencing people, but it is marketing, right? You're marketing yourself. You're providing something that they need and gaining their attention to move forward. Absolutely. And with with the funnels, maybe what you need to do is create videos that are going to be part of that journey at 30 second, 60 second testimonial videos or welcoming videos, introductory videos, something that's going to, instead of reading truckloads of text, follow that journey page on, on the landing page or wherever. You need to be good on video. If you are the face, if you are the brand, if you are the uh, the, the provider of the service, or at least you're the trust you're the, the you are the one who they believe they're buying into VCs, venture capitalists, and and others that I work with in pitch coaching for different uh, university and other accelerator programs, et cetera. When the entrepreneurs are getting ready to pitch, 
VCs have an expression, investors, that the, you bet the jockey, not the horse. So you can have the best product or service in the world, but if you, as the mouthpiece of the organization, as the front man, as it were, is kind of meh, if you're a little too Sheldon Cooper, if you know what I mean, or yeah, otherwise absolutely. a little too awkward, um, that's not going to sell. Okay, I know you have the stuff to make the thing, but I don't know if you have the stuff to really drive the entire machine, the whole company across the finish line and get me the ROI that I want. They have to buy into you first before they will buy into your product, service, or idea. And that goes with anybody that you're trying to convince of anything. Yeah, I think you you see that um, in pretty well much just about any, any industry. When you talk about the tech industry and producing a new product, the, the inventor, the person whose idea it was, he still has to go through that awkward phase of getting himself out there and getting people to buy into him or her before they're willing to move into that product. And if you think about it on a small level, like let's say someone who writes music, most of the time your music is never going to get sung unless someone hears you singing it, right? So Correct. most songwriters have to harness that craft, even though it might not be what they want to do to be able to move forward. Um, for me, I know why a strong communication is so important. Like I said, I taking this role and kind of being groomed through this role and being in management pretty well much for the large majority of my career. But there are a lot of people out there that don't want to be in front of their staff. They don't want to be on the front page. They don't want to be on video. But tell tell the audience why strong communication is so important and why that is a critical piece to being successful. Boy, that's a, that's a long list there. It's think of it this way. If you worked for a company and the the person at the top said, "I really don't want to have to look at you if I don't have to." I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to have to spend time connecting with you. What would that say to you? It's it's what environment are you creating? What are you telling them that, well, if you want to get to where I am, if you want to get to the top, if you want to get to the C-suite, if you want to build the company, what does it take? Culture is, is a very top-down phenomenon. It doesn't matter what your mission statement says. It doesn't matter what little poster you've got on the walls of the office that nobody's going to anymore. It's really about what precedent are you setting? What model are you creating? So if people at the top got there by not talking to anybody else or not being bothered, wanting to just hide, then what you're telling them is that that's what you reward, that that's what you value. So you're going to have a whole group of people who are saying, no, I guess we all just shouldn't talk to each other. It's not, none of you are worth my time. That's the the culture of the organization. Now, there might be some people who are perfectly happy working in that, but I, I don't see it growing terribly quickly. And for to the extent that not everybody is going to be the kind of person who maybe just likes to sit in their world by themselves and not make contact with other humans, you're going to need salespeople. You're going to need marketing people. You're going to need other people to come out and, and they're not going to feel comfortable in that space either. So really what precedent are you trying to set? But more often than not, just the ability to sound passionate about what you do. What did you create? What did you, whether you coded it, you designed it, you baked it, you you made it with your own hands. It doesn't matter, but you have to sound like you believe in what you did. You believe in the quality, in the value, in, in the what goes behind it. Because if you don't sound like you believe yourself, like you believe in your own product or service, that you're not even passionate about it, like, 
Why would anybody else? That seems silly. There are two things that you said that are are big here um, at our company, and I'm glad that you mentioned them because it's nice to know that it's it's on the talking block, right? That it that it's out there. And that one is one is culture, right? Culture yes. is so important to us as a company, but not the kind of culture like pool table, food in the kitchen, like that that kind of Google esque, like let's make it a cool place to work. That's not what I talk to and refer to when I'm talking about culture. I'm talking right. about the mindset. We service small to medium-sized business owners. So we have to be customer-centric. We have to all think customer first. Yes. The other part that you said that ties into that is it comes from the top down. So yes. if I don't want to walk into a room and have an uncomfortable conversation, how can I expect my employees to be okay walking into a room and having an uncomfortable com- you know, conversation? If I'm not okay dealing with conflict and getting to a resolution, how can I expect my leaders in my company to follow suit? So I think that that's, that's, that's a big piece that a lot of companies, especially startups and up and coming companies, they forget about. And it's super important. 100%. 100%. It comes from the top down. So think about, be the boss you wish you had. Start I there. Love that. Yeah. The same parenting advice I get, I give people be, be the type of parent that you wished you had. Right. Yes. <laughs> I mean, much. I was lucky to have pretty good parents, but you know, I know a lot of times we, we learned from, from what, what was wrong and, and what didn't happen that needed to happen. Um, right. Speaking of what's wrong, uh, the pandemic, right. <laughs> so yeah, no the kidding. pandemic has us in this crazy wild, um, roller coaster of, of life between virtual meetings and, mm-hmm having to do all in-person meetings over Zoom, virtual events, and all of this stuff, there's a lot of hybrid work environments that are coming about. How has the the landscape for your business changed since 2020? Um, A lot has changed, and in some ways, not as much as one might think, because I was already um, doing a lot of work, uh, coaching one-on-one with business executives and other leaders through, I was using Skype or FaceTime, which were the more common video platforms of the day. Um, less of the trainings and larger events. That's where it exploded after the the pandemic hit, the virtual conferences and leading whole trainings of where you could have more than just one-on-one video, of course, the ability to have 100 people or more on a a Zoom call. So that opened up for me a lot, but the timing was, dare I say, fortuitous because I had been preparing to launch my podcast at the beginning of 2020. So I took a couple of months, redid my studio, got my my equipment all set up. And just as I was finally set and ready to go, that's when the pandemic hit and the whole world was thrown onto all video all the time. And I was one of about four people who was actually technically set up for it. So that helped to put me ahead of the curve. It's it's nice to get lucky on those fronts once in a while. But where it has really changed my my model of sorts is that aside from the fact that in the beginning it was scary because it wiped my whole speaking calendar clean. I was supposed to be on all these stages because it was conference season and Mm -hmm. that's where I otherwise would do a lot of my marketing. Um, The bread and butter service became teaching others to be good here, to be good on video, because as I mentioned before, you know, it's, we may be used to it now, but most people still aren't good at it. And that's both how they're technically set up, but also how they navigate, how you facilitate a meeting, how you run a conference. And so services have have come as far as how to train teams, sales teams, executive suite, you know, C-suites or whoever it is on being effective leaders, effective presenters, engaging people in the virtual world, projecting that authority, that bringing that in-person excellence to the virtual screen, but even things like conferences where 
Uh, now people are having more virtual conferences and that's fine. But how do you create that same in-person experience when the attendees are all sitting home? Your speakers have to be beyond A plus level because there's a lot of speakers who are great on stage. They know how to work a room, but they have not learned how to translate that here. So uh, the opportunity to connect with a lot of conference organizers and uh, work with them where I come in and I do a virtual training for all of their speakers on the lineup and to give them ideas about how to show up because it's not just their own presentations that matter. They reflect the, the quality of the experience they give the audience directly impacts the brand reputation of the of the conference itself. So it's it, nobody wants to say, well, look, I paid for my membership this year. I paid for the conference registration fees and all this kind of stuff. And had it been in person, I bet it would have been great. But it was really lackluster. The the speakers were extremely amateur sounding and it just, there was no energy and I didn't really feel connected with them. I was kind of bored. So yeah, I don't know that I'm going to show up again next year if they do another virtual event. It's not worth it. Not worth my time, not worth my money. So we need to fix that real fast. So that's been a lot of fun is working with digital virtual conference speaker lineups to train them to give people that same A plus quality experience that they've come to expect from those events. Yeah. And that's not something that a lot of people, I think you you couldn't really prepare for that in that regard. And we saw that in the beginning because we had a lot of event planners and things like that, but there's a lot more distractions when you're attending virtually, right? If you're at home, you know, you have no clue what you have there and that's for the speakers, the presenters and for the people who are attending. So it's definitely an obstacle that's going to have to, you know, be faced. And I think now we're going to be dealing with the hybrid model of the conference itself, right? So many people are still going to say, okay, well, give me the virtual option because I don't really want to travel. So they've got to compensate for both of that. So I think that's going to be something we're going to see a lot of in 2023. Yes. Yes. 100%. So tell me a little bit about advice that you would have for small business owners and entrepreneurs that are really looking to improve their communication leadership skills. Aside from going to (laughs) vocalimpactproductions.com, what are some tips, tricks, and ways that they can find you and find more about you to be able to help them? Uh, Well, as far as how to find out more about me, that's easy. You mentioned the website. Uh, You can also check out my podcast, which is Speaking to Influence. And that's on Apple Podcasts and all the usual suspects platform-wise. But the tip-wise... I think you really need to do a couple of things. One, when you record your videos, if you are record, or I should say, when you hold your virtual meetings, maybe it's a team meeting or something else, record it and then go back and just watch yourself. You don't have to like it, but here's the thing. Most people don't realize how they actually come across. Even when you're there live, even when you're, when you are watching yourself talk in real time, it doesn't process because you're still thinking primarily about what you want to say and you're all content focused. It's not until you go back later and watch it and watch your interaction with others and listen to the sound of your voice and listen to the organization and the, the, whatever it is that you happen to bring up content and you think to yourself, oh my God, is that really the most effective way to do it? Am I projecting who I want? Would I want to listen to this person? And if not, why fix it? Because when I'm coaching somebody one-on-one, we do a lot of video work because I can't coach you, whether it's on your public speaking, presentation skills, board relations, diplomacy, conflict management, whatever it happens to be. I cannot coach you until you see and hear what I see and hear. 
Because otherwise I try to give you feedback and your brain automatically goes into deny and defend mode. And that's where they go. Well, it, it, it's because maybe, you know, Laura, but we're in asset management and, and you know, you, you're not a, an expert in that area. So, you know, if you, if you understood more about our world, then you'd understand what I was trying to do here. No, that's not the case at all. What has that to do with the other? Go back and watch. And then you tell me if what you intended translated, right. because we've all had those and you know, it's true. Because we've all had those moments where we're with friends, we're at a party, wherever it is, and somebody goes to take a selfie video or, you know, tells you to do something for Aunt Karen or whoever it is, you're going to send them a little bit and you take the video, it's 30 seconds. And then a minute later, you watch it. And what's the first thought that goes through your head? Oh my God, I can't believe that came out of my mouth. What was I doing with my face? Why did I, who let me out of the house wearing that? You know, why did that sound so much better in my head? All of those kinds of moments, right? Well, you were there and yet you're surprised that that's actually what it looks like to a third party. So all that to say, record yourself, even if maybe you're going to open a meeting with your board or with some new employees or investors or whoever it happens to be. Record the first minute. This is what I call my 60 to 60 rule. So because the first, within the first 60 seconds, whatever you show up with, however you present is going to set the audience's expectation for the value you're going to bring to the next 60 minutes of their time. So if you're somebody who's like, well, you know, in the beginning, I I get a little nervous and whatever, but then eventually I get into my groove and I'm okay after that. That first 60 seconds, that on-ramp to the highway of your meeting or your presentation, that's the most important part. Nobody wants to drive on a high on an on-ramp that's full of potholes and speed bumps all mixed together. So tune out, just like marketing. They just tune out. Exactly. Because it's like, oh, this is going to be painful. I'm she already looks like she's terrified, and we haven't even gotten to (laughs) beyond the hello yet. So get that intro straight. Work on it a couple of times. Don't script it, but practice till you're smooth on it. And then by the time you get to that on, past the on-ramp, you're already good to go. But you need that first minute to be really solid and record yourself every time you rehearse it, audio and or video. Video is better because it's the only way you're going to get really clear on what was and wasn't the way you wanted it to be. Now, that was great advice for, for people who are just not quite there yet. They don't see it. They don't see themselves. They're, they're comfortable doing it because they've been doing it. But what about those on the flip side? So like myself, for example, I will count my ums and be like, oh, why did I say um so many times? Or sure. watch how many times I divert my eyes away from the screen and try to make little tweaks and things like that. And sometimes everybody's like, it's fine, guys. It's fine. It's fine. But what do you do for those who are just overly critical? Like, how do you kind of break down that barrier? It's interesting because there's, I was almost expecting you to go a different way because, but there's two different versions of the overly, there's the overly critical and there's the overly confident. And I think those are both really important distinctions. So for those who are overly critical, actually the video is useful too, because you most likely will go on and realize, you know what? It's not as bad as I thought. Cause those who are hypercritical of themselves and nitpick on everything, when they've done the original delivery, we'll often say, oh my gosh, that was horrible. I did all these things wrong and blah, 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 blah. And then you go back and you watch and you go, actually that, that really, this was pretty good. And that was, so if you are somebody who's hypercritical, then when you go back to watch the video, make sure, and really this is something that everybody should do. You want to, um, you can almost take a piece of paper and create a little worksheet for yourself and two columns, strengths and weaknesses, or, you know, 
stuff that was successful and future success areas, however you like to phrase it. And then your words, your voice, and your body language will be the three rows, as it were. So listen, content-wise, what did you do well? Did you give a clear example? Did you tell a good story? Was it well-organized? Was it warm and welcoming in the beginning? What was it that was particularly effective in what you said? Then you listen to your voice. How was it? Did it modulate well? Did you use um, enough? Was it too fast or too slow or just the right speed, et cetera? And then for the uh, for the body language, did you gesture too much looking like one of those balloons out in front of the car dealerships? Or did you look like you were an Oscar instead of trying to win an Oscar where you didn't actually move the entire time? You know, were you uber stiff, uh, which also doesn't exude confidence and thus doesn't make people feel confident in you. So, you know, for each of those things, you look for what you did well and what needs to improve. Because for those who are hyper-confident, it gives you credit for what you did well, but also allows you to see where you can be better. And for those who are hypercritical of themselves, it forces you to, to take stock and look for something positive because you know you did something well, you wouldn't be in the role you're in right now. So identify the successes first. Don't even let yourself identify and write down something that needs improvement until you have identified the success. Force yourself to look for what was good first. It's a good confidence boost. So that's a lot of great tips, free tips there, Dr. Laura, but I I do know that you have something that you want to share with our audience. Yes, I would be very happy to give a copy of my book. Uh, It looks like this. Let's see over here. So it's called Speaking to Influence, Mastering Your Leadership Voice. And I'd be very happy to give everybody out there, not just a chapter or two, but I'll give a digital copy of the entire book if you wanted to take a look. And it is, you can get it at speakingtoinfluence.com slash free copy hyphen S-T-I, which is speaking to influence. So uh, speaking to influence.com slash free copy hyphen S-T-I, full uh, text of the entire book. That's fantastic. And we'll make sure that that's in the link as well so that people can access that easily. And Dr. Laura, thank you so much for hopping on and sharing so much with us today. It was a pleasure to meet you and spend time with you. And I hope to one day be able to meet you in person and learn more from you. Likewise, CJ, thank you so much for inviting me on the show and can't wait to have you guys on mine. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. 